0: Alright, welcome back, guys. My name is James Anderson. Welcome to the Be Great With Your Money Podcast. This is episode four. We are on our fourth episode. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about get rich quick schemes. Yeah, I said it, get rich quick schemes. We're gonna talk about all different types of things regarding around mindset, regarding around what do people actually hear when they hear that term get rich quick. So I want to make sure we dive into that deep and then get into the discussion. So welcome back, guys. I'm ready to get rocking and rolling.
1: Me. I get, get, get it. I, I
0: all right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, listen, we know that there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no secret that everybody desires more finances in their life. They desire they desire more money. They desire more freedom. They desire more zeros in their bank account. And what we have to understand is this, you know, is there really a true way that you can actually get rich quick? See, I've talked to a bunch of people when they talks about personal finance, and I always get inboxes and questions of people talking about, hey, James, I saw this opportunity. They're talking about I can get rich quick. I can do this investment, I can do this deal, I can invest this money to do whatever, and just kind of, they, they always try to ask me, you know, what is, is this a good deal, yes or no? Well, here's the thing, a lot of times I come across people... And I'm, I'm having that kind of conversation. I always get a big squeamish because there's when you're talking about personal finance, you have to kind of understand really money at its root. And if somebody is out there in the marketplace, or if anything is actually out there in the marketplace, I'm a real, real, real sticker for this. They say, you know, if if something's too good to be true, then it probably is. And I know you guys have heard that term before. But why why do people feel the um, notion to go along with these things? You know, it's just like back in the day when they had the uh the royalty scammer you know they will um email you and they'll say hey you just inherited a billion dollars from some ethiopian uncle and they want to make sure that they get your bank account information and your routing number so you can just deposit all this money into your account Why is it that people actually do that? What's really going on? And we're going to have a discussion behind that today. So, you know, if you followed our episodes up until this point, you kind of know that we talked about budgeting, we talked about, um, you know, about debt, and we also talked about different ways that you can uh, flip your financial situation and different ways that you can actually help yourself out but here's the thing I want to go into some mindset things here I want to make sure that we discuss that I think it's very important because this episode is going to be behind a lot of the psychology uh, when it just comes to the around the world rich now there's nothing wrong with being rich I mean rich people aren't evil rich people aren't you know they aren't somebody who's like some person living in a big old mansion and counting all their, all their coins like screw Duck. Listen, rich people. And I know some wealthy people. They're very nice. and very humble people. But I think everybody's desire to be rich. You know, remember uh, Robin Leach's show. Um, the uh, what was it? The Fabulous Life of the Rich and Famous, or something like that. You guys know what I'm talking about. And you know, you kind of see that on the TV. You see MTV Cribs. You see things like that. And you desire to have, you know, more riches to be wealthy. You know, whether it's getting the house, whether it's getting the cars, whether it's getting the, the jewels, whether it's taking a exotic trips. Deep down inside, we all want that. Now, some people might say that they do not have that, but they cannot tell me that they never thought about it or they never had a dream about it or they never, you know, asked themselves, well, what would I do if I was actually rich? Well, here's the thing, guys. Every rich person that I know, um, every wealthy person that I know, I won't just say rich, every wealthy person that I actually know, they actually had to work to get there. They say that 84% of First of millionaires that's in the American that's in the uh, United States population right now, is uh, their their first generation millionaires, meaning that they didn't inherit any money. And there's more millionaires popping out every single year as technology gets better. You know, you're able to build businesses better, you're able to get contact resources better, you're able to have better communications, and things are moving at a global scale right now. There are more millionaires coming out of the marketplace than ever. So people are literally getting rich, and people are, you know, it's not. everybody on the block, but it is a percentage of people that now have a fighting chance of actually getting rich. See, back in the day when you wanted to get rich, you had to really know some people. You had to be on the in crowd. You had to um, have the resources and things like that. Just think about travel, you know, back in the day. Let's just take it back to early 1900s and you actually had to travel cross country. You know, you couldn't just like hop on a plane to just fly over there. Now, you either had to take a train, and even before that, people had to have long caravans and things of that nature just to travel. Let's say, for instance, you had a great opportunity in California to make some significant amount of money, but you lived in New York. That must have been terrible to actually do that. So because technology is advanced because things are actually starting to grow, you have a lot of individuals that are seizing the opportunity, that's becoming very um, successful. And really, people are downright getting stone cold rich. And they're getting by legal, ethical ways. And people are having a great time doing it because they're breaking the generational poverty. But. With all that being said, guys, what I want to do is jump right into the episode um, and really kind of dive deep in what we're going to be talking about today. Now... I told you guys a few episodes ago that I'm gonna be working my best to have some guests, and I actually got a tremendous, tremendous guest here with me today. And I'm gonna kind of let you guys in a little bit, a little bit of a secret—not too much—but he is uh, one of my business partners here. But I think he's got great value to add with the, with regards around this topic, with just the money mindset, the wealth mindset. And his name is Mr. John Petterfordale. Now, I've actually been working with this guy; we've been business partners, kind of knee to knee, belly to belly, for about three years now. And this individual, you know, a lot of people. Don't notice about him, but he's really, 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 really savvy and great with the psychological aspects of money. Um, he knows how to talk to people about money, knows how to educate people beyond money. Now, just let me give you his resume real quick. Now, this gentleman has been really operating in business for probably almost the last two decades. Um, he's been rocking and rolling and building different sales organizations with different teams of that. And um, really, at 34 years old, guys, he walked away from his job. Okay, He walked away from his day job, and he built this business 100% full time right now him and his wife they both live retired uh they live the retired lifestyle they don't have to get up and go to work and things like that and they build about 70 to 80 percent of their income on a residual basis and they're still striving to build more and the great thing about it is that he's cash flow well over well over a million dollars but he also teaches others and how to do that so i think that's a great 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 opportunity for you guys to um, hear a few of the thoughts he has to say especially when it comes down to talking about this thing behind getting rich so, I have Mr. John Pederforddel here um he's uh, rocking and rolling he's hanging out with me, so John, go ahead and introduce yourself. you know if you got um you know give your give you a quick story real quick you know why when did you make the decision to actually obtain wealth, look to get rich, you know start to want to learn about money, take us back to the first first time, take us back to the beginning, and just share a little bit behind uh what's your actual story here before we get going
1: mm-hmm. Well, yeah, James, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on these, uh, this podcast here. And, um, you know, when I think about my startings and where I came you know, into this idea of going into business and all that, I remember I was back in my early 20s, and I was hanging out with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, we were, you know, young guys. We do what we do. And I told them that I wanted to be a millionaire before I was 30, and they kind of looked at me and they said, well, John, you know, what, what are you talking about, dude? Because, you know, we weren't really doing anything that could really generate a million dollars. So they thought I was kind of crazy. But to make a long story short, um, I just decided to, that I needed to take a different path, you know, because, you know, I always heard this. If you cannot change the people you're around, you got to change the people you're around. And if you are the smartest person in your circle, then um, you're in the wrong circle. So what I started to do is seek out other people that were doing other things like becoming millionaires, and I started looking and searching. So I looked around at different business opportunities and different business ventures. I looked at real estate. I looked at uh, vending machine businesses, all that kind of stuff. I knew I needed to do something other than just work my job. And while my job was a wonderful job for somebody that was in their early 20s and all this, uh, it just wasn't enough for me to do all the things that I wanted to do. So, I got involved in a little direct sales company. Um, I was about 21, 22 years old. It was called um, Excel Communications. And they were selling long distance service pagers. Obviously, you can see how long ago that was. And, (laughs) um, you know, because people don't even, you know, a lot of people don't even know what a pager is these days. But uh, anyway, um, I didn't know anything about selling. I had never been in a sales capacity, I'd never built a business, I did not know anything about leadership. Um, so when I got involved in that company, I made a few sales, made a few dollars, but I fell flat on my face. Now, I wasn't like most people that would get discouraged and say, um, well, this just didn't work. You know, I've been doing this for three months and, um, you know, I'm just going to try something else. I'm just going to go back and lay down and let life whoop on me let life just beat me and be mediocre. I continued to fight. I continued to say, you know what? My family deserves more than me just working my job. And it's not to say that the job is bad, it's just the job is not gonna get you what you need. So um, I continued to search and I I met a a gentleman who became my mentor, his name was Mr. Alvin Curry. And uh, Alvin, uh, he had been in business for 20 years at that time and he was worth about $10 million. And uh, he says, John, I wanna teach you everything I know about business, money, capitalism, and finance. And I said, uh, wow. And I had to reflect there because number one, I had never met a millionaire before. And mm-hmm. I didn't know when the next time I was going to meet a millionaire. So I decided to take his words to heart and he started to teach and tutor me. And I've probably spent, you know, two, two thousand hours, maybe even three thousand hours with him uh, since I've known him. And as a result of everything that I've learned, I was able to retire, like you said, at 34 years old. Today, I'm 41. And actually, uh, in a few days, I'll be 42. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't work a job. I don't work anybody's job. Um, and I don't say that to brag, but I say that to say that I learned something. I was able to go out and cash flow over a million dollars. I was able to go out and build a business. And I am now uh, mentored to thousands of people all over the country. And that's uh, only because that's God's, number one, his blessing and his grace on my life. And uh, it's my blessing to give to others. So that's kind of where I am today. Um, I teach people personal financial success. I, um, I live by the principles I teach. And that's what I do.
0: Okay. Awesome, man. Thanks, dude. And you said a a few cute things, a few key things uh, with regards to what we're talking about today. You know, you said um, when you met uh, Mr. Alvin Curry and you started working with him directly, you said he had been in business for 20 years at that point, right? Yes. And he was a millionaire at that point. Yes. Okay. So let me just go ahead and ask the question while we're at the topic right now. So did he get rich quick or what? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, no, I would say I would say that's that's not the case. Um, and actually, I have two mentors. His business partner, mm-hmm. uh, Ivy Stokes, is uh, another one of my mentors, and they have been working together for um, obviously that whole twenty-year time frame. Uh, by the time I had met those guys, but um, they were in business for almost a decade before they really struck what I call the big time and started becoming millionaires and things of that nature. So they were in the trenches. For five, six, seven years before it really kicked off.
0: Okay, okay, all right. I just want to I want to make sure I clear it up because the theme of this episode today is talking about get rich quick, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I what I found just in just in my findings with helping people out with finances and talking to people and you know even mentoring the people that I work with on a daily basis now with regards to personal finances that it's when you say get rich quick, I mean it's almost like a psychological deal. Like it's it's, I, I hate to kind of say it like this, but it's almost individuals wish that it can be true. Like they they see the the pie in the sky, the they see the carrot out there. Like man, if I could just get rich really quickly, I can change my life in a short order, you know. But we all know that eighty plus percent of lottery winners. I would consider that a get-rich-quick deal. You know, if you go buy a ticket and you broke and you win the mega millions the next day or whatever within a week, you know, you're a multi-multi-millionaire, right, in most cases. But I think it's like 70 or 80% of those people that actually win the lottery, within the next 5 to 10 years, they're stone-cold broke. They have no money there. So, yeah, in some cases, people can get rich like that, but I don't ever see the everlasting effects with it. So, I guess for to understand it and provide some value to the listeners, provide um, your thoughts on behind the grind, and why is the grind important when you're trying to achieve wealth?
1: Okay, okay, that's a good question. Well, it's very funny that you brought up um, lottery winnings, and, and people look at you know, changing their life or bettering themselves, just like the lottery. They just hoping that they just kind of look up and just strike it at the right time. Or they think that it can just, you know, be them to just they can wave this this magical wand and things happen so quickly. But here here's a big problem. Just just even talking about the lottery, people spend more on the lottery than they spend on books in this country. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible thing because most people don't win anything in the lottery. And yeah, there's, you know, every now and then what is called a remote circumstance where somebody may go out here and uh, hit the lottery and win. But if, first of all, if you don't know how you made it or had the struggle to get it, you're going to have a problem because if you don't know how it because it came so fast, it can leave very fast okay. if you don't know what, what you get with the money. But <laughs> here, here's what I would say. Let's take it off of getting rich quick. Look at everything that has happened when people have achieved greatness. Because I would have called somebody getting rich a part of being great. That's a great thing, right? Yeah, I agree. So how do you become great? Look at all the people who are great. If you look at basketball, if you look at Tiger Woods, if you look at Serena Williams, if you look at a lot of people, if you look at Bill Gates, if you look at Mark Zuckerberg, on the surface it looked like they just all of a sudden just exploded on the scene and then next thing you know, they were at the top of their game. They were getting big endorsements, big contracts, or their business exploded. Facebook became a household name, and bam, they got all this money. They say Mark Zuckerberg became a billionaire, a uh, multi-billionaire that day when his, his, uh, his stock went public and all this. Mm-hmm. But here's the issue. Most people don't see what happened before that. Most people don't see that Serena Williams will hit two, three, four thousand balls a day in a swing before she get good. They didn't see that Bill Gates was sitting in there at Harvard and then went and, you know, and dropped out of Harvard and he was working, making very little money, toiling over the system for many years to get it to where it is. Mm -hmm. They didn't see Tiger Woods hitting you know, 500 golf balls before 8 o'clock in the morning. They didn't see Shaquille O'Neal or Michael Jordan shooting 2,000 free throws in a day. They just saw when they was out on the street and, you know, or out on the, uh, the court or whatever they were doing and having success. And really the success came from them doing the little things and fundamentals over time. And then the explosion comes in a short period of time, but it's based on work that was done over two, three, four, five-year, maybe a 10-year period, maybe even sometimes a 20-year period.
0: hmm Okay. And, you know, it's funny that you said that because I was watching Shark Take one day. You know, uh, you watch Shark Tank at all?
1: i watched a little bit of
0: it. Okay. So, you know, Robert Hershivak, the guy from Croatia that usually sits on the end, mm-hmm. he said, um, he said, uh, overnight success is a 15-year deal. Like, when you sign up for overnight success, you probably got 15 years worth of grind." Before somebody says that you're an overnight success, and I even think about like, some of the entertainers, like some of the rappers, um, some of the performers and things like that, even some of the actors. You know, these, these guys and women, you know have put in countless open mics, countless free theater plays, countless uh, extras in movies, uh, countless extras and free extras, you know, in, on movie sets, you know, and you wouldn't even know that they were there because they' they're so insignificant, next thing you know, they pop up and they're you know, they're like an Ildris Alba style or they're like a um, you know, they're just this massive, massive figure of success that's wealthy that can get paid 10, 20 million dollars, 10, 30, 40 million dollars for a movie. but yet they spent you know a whole entire decade of doing crap roles, making no money and struggling. So do you think that the, the grind or the struggle, prior to success, you know, with regards to achieving wealth and talking about money, do you think the grind of success um, helps helps mold a person's outlook and what to do with the future? Or do you think that it's their character all along and that's the reason why they became successful?
1: I think that is, number one, the, the times when you aren't having all the success. See, really, when you are having major success in what you do, whatever that is, that's really not the time that really molds you. It's really the time that you had when you were down and it was not working. For example, um, in my business, if you look at the last three years, four years of my business, I have exploded in business. I have recruited hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and people would look and say, oh yeah, Josh, just all of a sudden, you know, everything boomed and exploded. But that's really not the truth. I have been working. For many years, okay? Um, there were many years in my business early on that I wasn't having a lot of great success, and I was working very hard at trying to learn the craft, trying to get the fundamentals straight, and there were times where I was quote-unquote working for free, like I would do presentations and things uh, for what I do, and I would do it for people that weren't even tied to me, so to speak. I would try to, because I wanted to get better, so I spent years working and getting better, and then I started to have some more success, more success, more success. But then when I, when the compounding thing came into play, when I started growing at 100% or 150, 200% in a year, that was after many years of building up little small things to build the fundamentals. And then my business exploded, but it wasn't an explosion because I just all of a sudden came on a scene and exploded, it was because I was doing things and building and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. So when you look at, just a just kind of a comparison, when you look at the the early uh, Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan had, he, he went many years without winning a championship, but he was still good, but he really just wasn't getting it done. But when he started to become better at working with people and the people on his team, he started to develop that fundamental skill set and he became better. The team became better. And then they started hitting championships and you would think, Oh, bam, he came on a scene. Next thing you know, he, they won three, um, 3 Pete And the next thing you know, they did it again. But, he had been in the league six, seven years, something like that. Maybe it might have been, even been more than that before <laughs> that really happened. So right. when you look at these things, guys and ladies, and you're thinking about somebody having success and all that, really it's been some things that were on the back end of them working and toiling when they were down, when they when it looked like they were out, when they uh, when most people quit. And that's why most people never have big success, because they, they that, that time of building character, Of When things are not going well and they're not exploding, then they tend to draw back. They tend to start making excuses and then they never hit get rich and then they never, ever definitely get to a get rich quick.
0: (laughs) Awesome, man. Hey, hey, guys, this has been some tremendous, tremendous value out there. Um, What we're going to do real quick before we go to break, you know, uh, he's dropping tremendous amounts of knowledge here. I appreciate him definitely being on. And this is is the things that you need to understand as far as be great with your money and be great with what you have going on with everything. I mean, we're doing some mindset. We're doing some money stuff. And uh, after the break, we're going to come in. We're going to dive in deep into some business discussions and some money things. But really quickly, you know, guys, if you're getting value from this actual podcast here, you know, make sure you go over to iTunes. You know, drop us a rating. Drop us a review you, know, it costs you nothing, but it helps us out. You know, we want to make sure, I want to make sure that we provide tremendous value to the marketplace and you're actually utilizing some of the strategies and things that's actually said on here in this podcast, because that's what fuels, that's what fuels it. I mean, I come. we come on here, we do this podcast, I come on here, I bring it to you guys because individuals are looking for this information regarding my financial literacy. So, you know, help me Let me know what's out there, and I don't care if it's a good or bad review. I take constructive criticism as well, and we're going to make this the best financial literacy literacy show out there. So really quickly before we cut the break, uh, Mr. Pettifordale, okay? social media where you at on social how can they find you can they connect with you on facebook website or something like that before we go to break
1: well they can find me on facebook and they can just uh search me out john j-o-n and the last name is pedifordial p-e-t-t-i-f-o-r-d-e-l and they'll find me and uh, they can like my page
0: all right awesome all right guys quick break and we'll be back here for our second segment of the show Hey guys, James Anderson here. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road because you ran out of gas or your car just overheated? How about locking yourself outside of your vehicle? I'm telling you guys, that's me, I always lock myself out. But here's the thing, when you have an auto emergency, you tend to not make the best financial decisions and could quickly put yourself in a money snafu. In order to prevent that chaos, we have to make sure our vehicles are covered with a high quality roadside assistance program that's number one, affordable, and number two, accessible. That's why I love Road to Shore. Whether it's towing, needing some gas, or perhaps you just want to get a tire change, RotorShore is always available 24-7, 365. You just call a simple toll-free number, and then for less than a few cups of coffee, you can be totally covered. And check this, you even get a 30-day free trial with the program. So you can roll on over to jda-solutions.com forward slash auto, A-U-T-O, jda-solutions.com forward slash auto to review the benefits and get going today. Listen, don't let being stuck on the side of the road cause you not to be great with your money. Again, that's jda-solutions.com forward slash A-U-T-O. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second segment of episode four of Be Great With Your Money. My name is James Z. Anderson. I'm your host. I'm your facilitator. I'm the person that's bringing this podcast to you. I'm sitting here with Mr. John V. Petterfordale. Hey, this is one of my business partners here. So, you know, he's one of my good guys that I work with on a daily basis with the financial literacy and teaching people personal financial success. And just in case you guys didn't remember in the beginning, uh, John has been a guy that's been tremendously successful in business. He's cash flowed over a million dollars with his business and Um, He's also been retired since 34 years old He's going to be 42 This Saturday, right? Yes, sir So that means that you got Eight years No job Retired Living off of assets Living off residual income um, Essentially living the American dream, right? That's right All right. Well, definitely, 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 man. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where you're going to grow and things like that, because I know there's some tremendous, tremendous things out there for you um, as far as your business is concerned. But all right. So let's just get into it, man. So let's get into the controversial topics. So let's talk about some get rich quick stuff that's out there. And really, I'm not trying to poke fun, but I do want to give value to individuals so that When they see these things, they can make an educated guess because there's always something out there, you know, Mm -hmm. that people are pitching as, you know, my PayPal is blowing up and all you got to do is do these automatic payments and, you know, you send this money to that money or you do this, do that, and you're going to go from making no money to making $17,600 in one month and you're going to do that for the rest of your life and you can go live on the beach and, you know, just all the hype and stuff behind the industry that uh, people have. So, first of all, um, let's, let's go ahead and put a disclaimer out there before I ask this question. All right. Um, I'm a champion for network marketing um, and direct sales. You know, my family did it. My dad my dad was in network marketing. Um, he was successful at it. And um, I remember even when I was a kid, you know, I would set up the chairs for the home party and things like that. Um, I knew individuals that was in my family that was in Avon and Mary Kay and Tupperware and things like that. Like as far as I was always like a direct sales and network marketing aspect. So, you know, I'm not going to bash any network marketing companies because they're they're near and dear to my heart, but I do think there is some severe hype out there in the direct sales industry since the internet has came along. Would you agree?
1: yeah, I agree right. I agree
0: so um really quickly, you know give me your definition behind um you know direct sales before we get into the best of let's give me your give me your definition, your thoughts behind network marketing direct sales, what it is to say a person that knew nothing about it. Nothing about building a business in that type of U economy, nothing, somebody who didn't know anything about being a solopreneur or entrepreneur who didn't know anything about building a sales organization, building leverage. I'm just a total newbie. And I ask you, you know, well, what is direct sales? What is residual income? How would you define that?
1: Okay. Well, direct sales is a selling platform. It's a distribution, a method of distribution. Okay. Um, When you look at some things that have changed the landscape in America or just in business in general, uh, if you look at franchising, okay, franchising, you know, it started out in the 50s and um, it revolutionized business. And that's a turnkey system where you could buy a selling system or platform and you can be in business. Um, Network marketing takes that and miniaturizes it and brings it down to what I call the last frontier free enterprise. Because now you can get into business instead of for several hundred thousand dollars or a million plus dollars, you can get into business for a few hundred dollars. And you can get the same methods of operation that makes any business successful. See, when you look at a successful business, it doesn't matter what they're selling, the biggest ones in the world. They have something in common. It doesn't matter if they're selling makeup, if they're selling you know, clothes, if they change they, changing oil, or selling burgers. They have one thing, and it's mass distribution. They have multiple distribution points. So what network marketing and direct sales will allow you to do is build a network of distribution points through people where you can move tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of product, dollars in product, and now you can get a override on that. And it get, it get, puts you in the same position as, like, McDonald's Corporation. McDonald's has 30-plus thousand outlets or something like that, and the corporation gets paid a little percentage on all of them. Well, um, you could have 10,000 people in a network, and, you know, they might, you know, you might make 50 cents a month on them or $5 a month on them, whatever the number is, and that will pay you tremendous amounts of leveraged income, which is the most important income that you'll ever build. And a true direct sales company or network marketing company has a real product or service to sell. Um, Anything uh, that's... So there's a lot of what you call Ponzi schemes or pyramid schemes that try to pose as network marketing. You know, They might call themselves gifting programs or something like that. And the way you can tell one that's not legitimate is there is no real focus on any type of real product or service to be sold. So if someone comes to you and says, well, I got this great program... All you got to do is uh, send, you know, a hundred dollars to a PayPal (laughs) account. And then you have seven people send you a hundred dollars. Well that's a a pyramid scam That's a Ponzi scheme
0: So that would be considered Like a get rich quick scheme
1: That's a get rich quick Okay (laughs) And stay away from it Stay away from it Stay away from (laughs) it Because it's It's just some BS You know I I mean For lack of a better word Excuse my language But that's just Not something you want To be involved in But when you get involved In a real legitimate Direct sales company You know You can change your life I've changed my life In uh, using direct sales And I make all my income From that I don't do anything else I don't do any kind of Real estate I don't do all the You know anything else All I do Is teach people how to build networks, and obviously through personal financial success, and I make tens of thousands of dollars in what is called overriding income and uh, uh, residual income, and that could pay you and your family forever. And it's the last frontier for enterprise because it's very difficult and costly to get into business traditionally.
0: Okay, that's a good point. Uh, And you know, and make sure we we stay with the theme of the show. So, all right, so let's take it to social media. So okay. on any given day, you can have message upon message upon message coming in talking about uh, you can Western Union me this money and then 10 other people going Western Union this money. OK, now you already identified that's that stay away. That's that's do not that's that's do not touch, you know, mm-hmm. do not pass. Go do not collect two hundred dollars. Go straight to jail like you don't do that. But here's the thing I, I want to ask you. OK. Why is it that if it's kind of obvious that people should not be doing that and it's kind of sketchy, it seems kind of sketchy, why are there still people who still get caught up in the things and still get taken advantage of?
1: I think um, a part of that problem is number one, they still have that lottery mentality. They're just hoping they can get something for free or something for nothing. And the reality of life is everything that you do is going to take some real effort. That's anything that's worth having. It's going to take real effort, real time to put into it. And people have this. I want to just get get it right now and get it done real quick. And there is no real quick. And just a quick point on that is I always tell people, okay, why do you need the money so fast? Why are you trying to get rich quick? Well, I just need it because I got all this going on in my life. And I like to ask people, well, did you tear your life up quick? Or did it take you 10 years or 20 years or 30 years? See, people have been tearing their lives up for 20 plus years financially and doing all the wrong things. And then they want to go, okay, microwave it. Woo! Get me rich right now. There is no such thing. And that's the most craziest thing that you can do because now you make dangerous decisions. When you have a, you don't want to have a broke, poor, well, I want to say a more poor mentality because now you're making decisions out of desperation Because you're trying to get something quick, because you're trying to shortchange yourself and cut corners, and you're gonna make mistakes, make bad decisions, join bad opportunities, do bad deals, maybe do something in some cases in people's lives illegal, and it causes problems.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going back, it's back to the desperation, you know? It's it's, absolutely desperation. It's back to the desperation. Okay, now let's talk about a little bit and touch on, um, you know the the aspects of get rich quick and why there are some people out here that have found something and got rich quick there 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 are there's not a lot of cases but there are some cases out there where people have gotten rich fairly quickly i remember the uh I forgot her name, but she made a song. It was like that Friday song. It was like it's Friday, Friday, something like that. And, you know, she made it kind of a dumb song and it went viral and she actually, you know, sold millions upon millions on iTunes. It was kind of a just a quirky song, but because she self produced it, self recorded it, self put it out there and all those things like that, you know, she kinda got rich quick. I forgot the lady's name. Um, do you see any of the i will call it i won't call it flukes mm-hmm. but i'll say anomalies that okay. happen in anything whether it's entertainment whether it's business whether it's a selling a product where just something just happened to fall and you know the universe lined up the right way where somebody did really get rich quick do you think that that um i guess you can say that that builds a self-fulfilling prophecy or kind of a um, prejudgment on how things might go in a real world for some people because they'll say, well, such and such did it in two mm-hmm. nights and they made $50,000 or they made $100,000 or they made a million dollars in a year. I can do the same thing, but the odds are just so so far out there. But that, still, that person still has that goal mindset because this person did it. Even though it was a flute, they're thinking, because this person did it, I'm better than them, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Touch on that a little bit.
1: Well, I think the odds of something like that happening is probably like a 20 million to one, if not greater. But what I would say is when you look at these people that have hit it and became big, just like, okay, let's say you look at the NBA. Um, There are hundreds of people that get drafted, but most of them don't make what I call big-time LeBron money, and it's the same thing. That you just hoping that maybe it's you, and sometimes we think we are better than we are. We need to have <laughs> a reality check of what is our real skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could say I'm not gonna say any names here, but I can tell you about a person that if you ask them, they are one of the best. Lyricists or they're The best uh, what do you call that uh, That poetry slams and stuff Like that but when I hear it I don't really hear anything and They have not made a dime really at doing It but if you ask them they got It going on and They looking for their big break Okay I, I don't Know if the big break is coming
0: <laughs> I see what you're saying and hey, hey, that's a good point you know sometimes You need a reality check like there's nothing wrong With being confident Even to have a, you know, for me, you know, I tell people, you know, have a little bit of arrogance to make yourself feel better. But it's nothing wrong with being confident, um, but it is a reality check, too. I mean, at the end of the day, there's still some type of work that has to go in. You know, there is some still, there is some still, some tangible thing that has to go into it. For example, you know, if you never read Think and Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich, one of the biggest things behind the six steps of goal setting is what you're willing to give up. That's, that's the hardest thing. It's not about setting a goal or writing it down. People do all that. But it's what's those things that you're actually going to give up in order to achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. For example, a lot of people, you know, even though we talk talking about get rich quick, you know, they got lose weight fast. You know, that's a real common one that's out there just in the marketplace and just in, just in culture in general is lose weight fast, build muscle fast, get six-pack abs fast, you know, 30 day microwave body transformation, 45 day, 90 day transformation, which in some cases it can happen. But you look at some of those results of what people are actually having. Um, you know, a lot of people who have great bodies. You know, they've worked out, their diet is A1, um, and they've been doing it for five, six, seven, eight years. But then you got companies that come along and say, okay, from a consumer standpoint. You know, they'll say, "Well, you can lose fifty pounds in thirty days." Or I'm I'm being a little bit facetious, but you gotta get what I'm saying. So, what's the correlation between, say, get rich quick and maybe like a lose weight fast, or get cute quick, or <laughs> learn how to dance in ten minutes, and all different things like that?
1: Well, it, it's this. I would say it's the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's a bad emotional mindset. And it's a company or a person that's preying on your uh emotion, your maybe your insecurity about how you feel about your, your weight, or um someone with a get rich quick, they have uh they're they're preying on your insecurity about your finances. And you're gonna have that uh situation uh all the time. So, and you gotta understand that there are capitalists out here. And one of the things I will say is um We have to understand if we're going to be successful, we need humility. Humility is one of the greatest things that you can have or one of your allies to pivot you to or propel you into success. Because now you can say, there's something I don't know. I need to learn and I need to get better. And that's how you can excel in any field. And I think most people never, ever take that position that I don't know anything and I need to learn this or I need to get better. And they're just involved in things. And they think that magically because you joined a company, magically because uh, somebody said you're going to lose weight. Uh, half that stuff ain't even true.
0: <laughs> That's not even true. Not even true. <laughs> okay, so in the world,
1: in the world, don't even work that way. Mm-hmm. No, in nowhere in the world, like hey, this just when you really look at this, get rich quick. It's nowhere in the world where you can really see statistically where anybody ever has gotten rich quick. Statistically, it's like a less than one, one thousandth of one percent. Bam, maybe it happened. But when you look at it, any one percent of the time. So I would say when you look at that, it's that's virtually an impossibility. So at the end of the day, we have to put the grind in. We have to put the work in, and the results can be not only lifetime, but it can be for future generations.
0: Okay. All right. So we're just about, uh, and that's great stuff. And we're just about. Just about finished up with our time here, you know, like I said, I appreciate you taking your time. I know you got a busy schedule to hang out with us here, but what I want to do, I want to do kind of a quick little round robin, um, kind of QA and a session that, you know, I'll definitely ask some questions that I get all the time. And, you know, you just answer some very simple. One sentence type of definitions. one sentence answers and things like that, or what they mean to you, what they mean to you personally. So, uh, first question is this, um, is the middle class debt?
1: Um, no, I would not say it's dead, but the middle class has to change their thinking if they want to survive.
0: Okay. Uh buying a car on credit.
1: I think that if you have to, you should. But if you can anyway avoid it, that's the best possibility that you could do.
0: Taking vacations on credit cards?
1: I would say never.
0: Okay. Forgoing retirement in order to buy stuff now to make you feel better so like furniture furnishing your house mm-hmm. or buying yourself some nice stuff before going um putting money aside for retirement
1: very bad decision very bad decision cuz you 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 have to sacrifice i know you said one sentence
0: mm-hmm. but uh, answer, <laughs> we got to go back there
1: right. <laughs> but here's the thing you have to sacrifice either you sacrifice today And you're you're, where you can work and do things and change or you're going to sacrifice in your older years where you really don't have a shot at going out. We don't have the energy and vigor that you had in your 30s and 40s. And that's going to be a problem.
0: Okay. Combining your finances with your spouse, your husband and wife or keep them separate.
1: Combine. If If you if you have somebody that you brought into your life as your partner, you need to combine them. If you got them separate, why are you together?
0: Okay. All right. Last question. Uh, real quick, now I'm going to let you do a little bit of closing here and then we're going to get real controversial right one, here.
1: One caveat. To that.
0: Okay, okay. Let's go. One caveat. Now, now, <laughs> now, after you, now, after you combine them
1: and one of them keep really, really, really messing up pretty bad, then you might have to you know, give them a little allocation and say, okay, you messed this part up, but you can't be messing up the whole budget.
0: Matt, what do you mean mess this part
1: up? <laughs> okay, give give them an allowance, okay? Because um, people really should have an allowance to really do what they want to do inside mm-hmm. the budget, instead of just um, just combining a budget and then you got one person that's trying to build the finance, another person trying to take the money out and just buy whatever they want to do out of everything. <laughs> that's gonna cause a problem. It's gonna cause a rift. But you can't just have totally whole separate. Uh, it's, it's no real. If you're gonna be separate, then you really should not be together.
0: Okay. This is fun, dude. Let's just do a few more that I know I get all the time. All right. uh, 401k loans.
1: I would say never.
0: Okay. How about, um, how about cashing out? I get this a lot. A lot of people say, well, you know, should I just cash on my 401k because I'm not seeing no growth in any way?
1: Worst thing you can do? We're going to have two problems. We're going to get a 10% penalty when you pull money out. And, um, that's, that's money that can be compounded. See, money can outwork you and dollars. You got to have more, the more dollars you have working, the faster your, your income can increase, the faster your income can increase. So, um, no, don't take no dollars out the
0: workforce. <laughs> don't take no dollars out the workforce. Okay. Um, whole life insurance.
1: <sighs> ah, that's a <low> loaded <laughs> question, boss. That's a loaded question. And now uh, this is my, my opinion. I don't think in, a person should ever really buy whole life insurance.
0: Say it one more time.
1: I don't think a person should ever buy whole life insurance. Okay.
0: Well you heard it here. You said nobody should ever buy whole life insurance. I we ain't gonna go no we'll reason. say we'll save insurance for another Maybe episode another down the line. But another I'll episode say no. down the line. Okay. Um another big financial question I always get is uh number one, gambling. They a lot of people say, Well, I like to gamble, it makes me feel good.
1: Um I would say if you are gonna gamble, you have to set a limit and never pass your limit. Me personally i don't do any gambling so to speak but my closest thing to gambling i do put money in the markets mm. and you don't know what's what the rates are what's going to happen it's going to go up or down but you have a better chance of gaining than losing as opposed to when you look at gambling
0: all right making it rain at the clubs
1: i have no interest in doing any of that.
0: <laughs> all right yeah it's, it's cool all right uh, so, you know, that's the things that, that people, you know, that people give, give to me on a daily basis, you know, mm-hmm. when we're talking about money. Mm-hmm. All different types of questions. And, I, and I'm glad that I think we're synced up on a lot of our, a lot of our answers and a few rebuttals. Because I think when it comes down to money, a lot of times we just need to really just shut it down. And I think my own personal thought process is that a lot of times with money, you know, individuals are trying to justify everything. Well, some things just can't be justified because you either lose it, you stay the same with money, you lose the money, or you gain gaining money. For example, a lot of individuals say, well, if I take out the money now, my 401k, and I do this and I do that, yeah, it might temporarily make their life a little bit better. But like you say, down the line, you're losing more money on the, on the uh, front end of the deal, you know, and you really just you, you kind of lose them. I mean 10% penalty number one you gotta pay taxes Damn. at your current tax rate yeah. so it could be like a 40 a 40% ordeal you know and you had to ask yourself in reverse you know would you be willing to basically take some money out and give it just get 40% away mm. and a lot of times individuals won't do that so it's like well why would you do it to yourself if that makes sense so a lot of individuals have some things going on with regards to that. I think that's a real, real thing we got to really address. So, all right, I got one more for you.
1: Okay.
0: Leasing cars or buying cars? Because I talked about lease a little bit today um, on Facebook. So lease okay. cars or buying cars?
1: My opinion, uh-huh. never lease a car. Okay. That's, that's basically renting. Um, people that need to have a ownership mentality, not a renting mentality. You, you never build equity on the deal everything you do you got to build equity on it i know you said one sentence but that, that <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why you should not do that
0: i got you okay i mean this is, this is good this is good well hey um what i want to do here in the last couple of minutes that we got here left on this podcast like i say, i appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us here um while we're recording the be great with your money podcast what i want to do here is really quickly um take about two minutes john um... Break down personal financial success, what you do, uh, break it down to where it's like the easiest, easiest term that somebody can get it. What actually does it mean? You know, what does it mean to be financially successful? And then after that, if some people want to get some more information or learn a little bit more about it, you know, where can they go to get that info?
1: Okay. Well, here's, here's the deal. Um, personal financial success it's very different definition is not what people think it is. They think it is the kind of car you drive. They think it's the kind of house you live in. It's really not those things at all. It is really two things. Number one is having enough income for today to do the things that you want to do. That's live on a day-to-day basis. Now, the second part of that, which is the most important part, is building income producing assets that will provide income when you're not working. See, your source one income is where you trade time for money. That's where you work your job. But one day, you're either going to get too old to work, you're going to decide you don't want to work, or your job is going to get rid of you. And when that happens, you must have income from somewhere else. Life is not going to be free. So it has to come from income producing assets. So that's the second piece. So you got income for today from your job, and income for tomorrow from assets. Now, there are four things that stop people from getting this done. Number one is inflation. That's the silent income killer. So every day your dollar is losing value. If you just put it under your mattress, it's going to be worth less in five years or 10 years. It has to be put in something that will grow and outpace inflation. So most people, their incomes will never ever keep up with inflation. So if you make 100 grand today, are you going to be making 200 grand in 20 years in the future? Most likely that's no, but the cost of living doubles every 20 years. The second problem is taxes. You lose 25%, maybe 30% of your income to taxes before you ever spend a dime to take care of your family. So you're going to have an issue. It's going to have a cash flow issue. And it's very difficult for you to save money in a position that way. And when you need to buy a major form of transportation, like a car or a house, you got to finance it. You're trying to get a college education, most likely got college loans. So the second issue of taxes causes the third issue called debt. Well, now when you have debt, most of your car notes, house, house notes, credit cards, all that, most of those payments are interest. So you're losing at least another third to interest. So now you got 60% of your income going to nothing when you add taxes and debt together. And the last one is less than ideal savings and investing. You don't have enough money left over to invest the numbers that you need to invest so you can retire because you need at least 10 times what you make in re- in assets, Okay. So if you had $75,000 household income today, if you want to retire and have the same $75,000, you need $750,000 in income-producing assets. That's your 401k. That's an IRA or something of that nature. And if you can get a 10% rate of return, then you got to save $75,000. Well, you can't save enough money giving away a third of taxes, a third of debt, got in- inflation killing you. You can't save enough money at that time in that position to get to the seven hundred and fifty. dollars And what I do is I teach people a strategy that helps people get that done. And if they want more information on that, um, I can teach them our income shifting principles and practices and financial platform. Just go to www.income-shifting.com. That's www.income-i-n-c-o-m-e-shifting-s-h-i-f-t-i-n-g.com.
0: Awesome, 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 Hey, that's great information uh, for individuals out here. That's definitely a great platform for individuals to use uh, to be great with their money. And I think this episode has been a tremendous one with the value with where we cover some things. Uh, we We dove in a little bit of the mindset, we dove into some of the strategies. We, we dove into you know what's out there, how to protect yourself. And I think that's a real good point because when you when you're talking about money in general, individuals have to understand that, Everybody is in competition with you for your for their for your money. And we have to really understand that there's ways that you can be great with it. There's ways that you can kind of get things done. So, hey man, thank you for being on this podcast. You know, I looked forward to having you back here sometime, uh, hanging out with me and kind of doing this podcast. You know, it's definitely been tremendous, but I think this is going to be a great episode for individuals to actually use. And remember, guys, of course, if you always get value from these podcasts, if you like what you're hearing, if you're sharing with individuals, you know, please feel free to drop us a rating or review on iTunes. You know that. It definitely helps us out uh, what we have going on here, and it definitely gives us feedback. And I always love if people want to definitely always send in questions, we can definitely ask them here on the show and kind of have a discussion topic behind it. So you can email me directly at james at jda-solutions.com. That's James at JDA-Solutions.com. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Of course, my name is James Anderson. I'm your host. I'm your facilitator for the Be Great with Your Money podcast. That's hashtag Be Great with Your Money podcast. Hey, I look forward to doing this again with you guys here. I enjoyed myself. I had fun. You know, thank you, Mr. Pedafordell, for coming out and hanging out with us here. And what I want to say, guys. Hey, make sure that you're always plugging in, finding resources, doing things that you can actually have, because it's your money, it's your life, it's your wealth, it's your generations, it's you taking care of your family. So of course, be great with your money. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.
1: This episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast was brought to you by JDA Solutions, where strategy is how you win financially. Visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information.